Electric cars are supposed to be the future. But is that future filled with smoke? Chevrolet bolts are catching on fire. Not all of them, of course, but enough for Chevy's parent company, General Motors, to order a recall. The exact cause of the car fires is unclear, but it seems obvious that it has something to do with the batteries. GM has even cautioned all 141,000 Bolt owners against parking within 50 feet of other vehicles in a parking garage. Injuries have been reported. Chevy's assembly lines have ceased production of the electric vehicles until the problem is fixed. One thing is certain, if electric cars are in the future, bugs like this will have to be worked out. It's impossible for us to know what the future holds, but we can be sure of one thing. One day, Christ will return, rescue his people, and remake the heavens and earth. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this final day of summer, we're continuing in a series called The Case for Christ. Yesterday, we were joined by best-selling author Lee Strobel, who was talking about the feature film that details his journey from an atheist journalist to a follower of Christ. Stop blaming me and the church and God and do your job. Stack up the evidence, follow the facts, and write the story, win or lose. Stack up the facts and follow the story. Challenging words given to Lee Strobel in the feature film on DVD called The Case for Christ. Remember that song? The theme from Dragnet, a popular police television show from the 50s. And each episode, Sergeant Joe Friday would say to someone, just the facts, ma'am. Chasing a lead, it's what detectives and journalists do. They turn up evidence, they make a case, and that's what former investigative journalist Lee Strobel did in Chicago. He chased the lead, he looked at the facts to see if Christianity was true. And at the same time, I thought, you know what, I'm a journalist. If I could disprove the resurrection of Jesus, that knocks the legs out from under the Christian faith. Now, Lee will be back with us in just a moment to talk about how the Holy Spirit used evidence to bring him to Christ. And then after the program, I want to send you a copy of the DVD called The Case for Christ. It's well-produced, it's critically acclaimed, and it's a wonderful resource showing how Christianity can stand up to the hardest of questions. And I believe it will build your confidence in the Word of God. Plus, the DVD is filled with special features and interviews. So after the program, call us and make your generous gift to this Lister-supported ministry. And we'll send you right away a copy of the Case for Christ DVD. Our number for after the program is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And when you're there, watch the movie trailer and a couple of excerpts from this inspiring film. Now let's open the program with the Newsboys 
and hallelujah for the cross. Unto the hill of Calvary, my Savior went courageously, and there he bled and died for me, hallelujah for the cross. And on that day the world was changed A final perfect lamb was slain Let earth and heaven now proclaim Hallelujah for the cross Hallelujah for the war he fought Love has won, death has lost the souls he bought, hallelujah for the cross. What good I've done could never save my debt too great for deeds to pay. But God, my Savior, made a way, hallelujah for the cross. A slave to sin. Was bound, but all my chains fell to the ground when Jesus' blood came flowing down. Hallelujah for the cross! Hallelujah for the war he fought. Love has won, death has lost. Hallelujah for the souls he. This hope will guide me into death. Hallelujah for the cross. Hallelujah for the war he fought. Love has won. Death has lost. Hallelujah for the souls he So my line of attack is this. The reason the eyewitnesses were able to see Jesus after Golgotha is because he never died on the cross. Because if he doesn't die, there's no resurrection. Right? That's right. So, so whether or not Jesus himself or, uh, or someone else took him off of the cross early, or if he fakes his own death, it doesn't matter. It completely discounts every aspect of the resurrection. Right, the swoon theory. Yeah, but he passed out. He didn't die. I'm afraid there's a long line of skeptics in front of you with that hypothesis including only a billion Muslims the world over who also don't believe that Jesus died on the cross because the Quran says so. With all due respect to Islam, 
The Quran was written six centuries after Christ. I prefer my historical sources a bit closer to that. I understand, but, but, but you can see that it's possible. Mm. Mr. Strobel, I am a medical doctor and a scientist. I have seen a great many strange phenomena in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. But the swim theory is rubbish. <laughs> rubbish? That's, uh, is that a, a medical opinion? <laughs> you know, it is, actually. Um, swan theorists tend to skim over the fact that Jesus was flogged prior to his crucifixion. Do you know what happens in a Roman flogging? Um, yeah, the person is lashed with a whip. No, not lashed. Scourged and pummeled savagely. You see, the, the cowhide whip is braided with metal balls and bone fragments. The flesh on Jesus' back would have been shredded. The very muscles and sinews themselves laid open to exposure. The flogging itself would have left Jesus in critical condition for massive blood loss, which is why he collapsed under the weight of the cross that the Romans made him carry through town. Okay, so is it possible that Jesus survives being spiked to the cross? Oh, yes, you could survive it, but it's child's play compared to what comes next in a crucifixion. Slow, agonizing death by asphyxiation. <sighs> Mr. Strobel, the crucifixion of Jesus is one of the best attested events in the ancient world. There is no historical evidence of anyone anywhere ever surviving a full Roman crucifixion. Oh. And, if you will, the final nail in the coffin of this Roman theory is this. When the soldiers thrust their spear between Jesus' ribs, do you know what came out? Blood and water. Which we now know is a description of periocardial effusion as a result of death by asphyxiation. This is not a condition anyone could fake. And so to answer your question, yes, it is my medical opinion that Jesus Christ died on that cross. Doctor? But, but, but I, got a, I have a real problem with most of the experts that I've talked to here. Which is? Which is that most of them are not impartial, and if I'm going to take a guess, I would say that you are not either. And you would be correct, sir. Though I have learned that most impartial travelers who undertake this journey rarely remain so. However, I can refer you to one of the most impartial sources that I know. Would you trust the Journal of the American Medical Association? Of course, it is a stellar scientific journal, you and I will admit that. On the physical death of Jesus. <clears throat> Clearly the weight of the medical and historical evidence indicates that Jesus was dead before the wound to his side was inflicted. Accordingly, interpretations based on the assumption that Jesus did not die on the cross appear to be at odds with modern medical knowledge. Doc, I gotta tell you, you're, uh, you're not telling me what I hope to hear today. You've joined Haven today, and that was a scene from the brand new feature film, The Case for Christ, featuring Lee Strobel chasing down just the facts. A few days ago, I asked Lee to tell us about this scene and asked him what that discussion was like in real life. No, you know, Dr. Alexander Metherell, who's portrayed in that film by an actor, is a medical doctor and an a engineer, Ph.D., who is an expert on the crucifixion of Jesus. Mm. And I thought in my naivete that uh, perhaps Jesus didn't die on the cross. Maybe he survived the crucifixion. 
And he disabused me of that belief wow. by, by telling me all that is involved in a Roman crucifixion, um, which really has left no doubt in the minds of both secular and uh, religious um, historians that Jesus did indeed die on that cross. There is no doubt about that. We have five ancient sources outside the Bible confirming that he died uh, when he was crucified. So, um, But, you know, I had to check it out. I was a journalist, and, and I needed the truth, and God brought it my way. And it's interesting, isn't it, that some of the experts that you actually met with, it turned out, were born-again believers in Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I went to people who not only had great credentials, I wanted people who had academic and scientific and historical credentials, but I wanted people of good character. Mm -hmm. I wanted people um, who uh, were honest, had integrity, and would be straight shooters. And uh, that tended to uh, narrow the field to some degree to those who were uh, Christians. Mm. Lee Strobel, thank you so much for joining us again today on Haven Today. Thank you, Charles. I love being with you, love your program, love your listeners. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. Lee Strobel will be back with us in another moment to share more about the evidence that proves Christianity true. But before he was a Christian, he really sought to disprove Christianity. Now, there's, of course, only one way that someone blinded by unbelief can come to faith, and that's by the work of the Spirit. But the Spirit can work through many means. I believe the Lord takes into account how he made us, when by his grace he draws us back to himself. For my friend Lee Strobel, the Lord broke through his resistance to Christianity by showing him just the facts, then, of course, showing him himself. But maybe someone listening today is asking, what are the facts of the Christian faith? Isn't that an oxymoron? Throughout history, followers of Jesus have summarized the central truths of the gospel into creeds. Did you know that even in God's word, we have creeds, concise statements of all the facts that make up the wonderful good news of Jesus? One of those statements we find is in 1 Corinthians 15. Paul calls this the gospel that is saving us. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I perceived I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one untimely born. The first eight verses of 1 Corinthians 15, as to one untimely born, of course, because Jesus appeared to Paul after he had ascended into heaven in that vision on the road to Damascus. The death and resurrection of Christ, good news for sinners, and the gospel by which we're being saved. As Paul says later in verse 17, if Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Sin is the problem that the gospel addresses. Sin puts people under condemnation. Because of sin, we're sentenced to death. But God provided the solution to the problem of sin and death. He gave his own son. Romans 4.25, he, meaning Jesus, was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. That's the good news of the resurrection. Christ lived the perfect life we could never live, and he died the death that we deserved. But if he wasn't raised, it's all for nothing. There's no hope for sinners like you and me. 
But can the resurrection of Christ stand up under scrutiny? There have been many counterclaims about the resurrection, ways people try to discredit the faith. Some say the disciples stole his body. Others say someone impersonated Jesus or that the people who thought they saw him after the resurrection were just hallucinating. Another claim that you may have heard is the swoon theory. The idea that Jesus didn't really die on the cross, and he swooned or revived in the moist, cool air of the tomb. For someone like Lee Strobel, he needed evidence that the central claims of Christianity would stand up against anything he could throw at it. God has made us all differently. And we're going to see this week that there's no one way that people come to know the Lord Jesus. But today, I want us to think about this central truth of the Christian faith, that Jesus died and was raised and hear from my friend Lee Strobel that the evidence does point to the truth of the gospel. He calls it the four E's of evidence. As I looked at the evidence for the execution of Jesus, which virtually every scholar in the world accepts because we have sources both inside and outside the New Testament that confirm that, when I look at the early nature of the reports of the resurrection, in 1 Corinthians 15, starting at verse 3, we have an account of the resurrection. The scholars have dated back that part of 1 Corinthians, they've dated back that creed, which it essentially is, to within months of the mm-hmm. death of Jesus. So that's mm-hmm. so fresh, you can't just write it off as being a legend. And I looked at the empty tomb that even the opponents of Jesus conceded was empty. And then I looked at the evidence for the disciples having encountered the resurrected Jesus. And we have nine ancient sources inside and outside the New Testament confirming and corroborating the conviction of the disciples that they encountered the risen Christ. So, I mean, you put all that together, and and, uh, of course, I've written maybe a thousand pages on this stuff over my life. Sure. There is a lot of evidence that I find personally compelling that Jesus returned from the dead and thus authenticated his claim to being divine. My friend Lee Strobel, with strong evidences that give us confidence in the message of the gospel, Christ died for our sins, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again. At the end of the day, As we heard from Lee yesterday in the full interview, it's only the spirit of the living God that can open our eyes to see Jesus. Paul makes that clear early on in 1 Corinthians. I'm thinking of chapter 2 where he says the person without the spirit doesn't accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and can't understand them because they're discerned only through the spirit. That may sound to some like a way to sidestep evidence, like saying, well, you can't understand because you just haven't been enlightened. But it's really a great comfort because the spirit who gives discernment has the power to open our blind eyes to see Jesus in all his glory and grace as God's solution to bring us back into relationship with him, forgiving our sins and making us new. I wonder if you've wrestled with the evidence. And maybe you're still just not sure what to make about it all. What should you do in that case? I would say you need to simply cry out to the Lord. Take your confusion and your uncertainty to him. Ask him to open your eyes to see Jesus. I want to pray for that very thing right now. For you, if you're listening and you haven't yet met the Lord. For those struggling with assurances of the truth of Christianity, we need to go before the Lord right now. We need to ask for his grace. Would you pray with me? Father, I just want to pray right now that you would open our eyes to see Jesus. Whether we've never seen him or we've walked with him for many years, we need to see our Savior by faith. Give us an unshakable confidence in your word and the truth 
of our Savior's life and death and resurrection for us. We need the Spirit's help to discern these things. And I pray right now that you would do that work in all of our hearts. Help us to see Christ and never turn to any other source for salvation and hope. And it's in the name of Jesus that I pray right now. Amen. Song of Worship, Christ is Risen by Keith and Kristen Getty from their Hymns for the Christian Life. And this is Haven Today. We're calling the program The Case for Christ. Lee Strobel is very honest. If he could disprove the death and resurrection of Jesus, he could persuade his wife to stop 
being a Christian. He was an atheist. He had many questions like, was Jesus just a myth? Or how reliable is the New Testament? Maybe you've faced some of these questions. Maybe you've asked them yourself. Well, as you've just heard, Lee struggled to find answers. And in the brand new feature film based on his life called The Case for Christ, it retraces his own spiritual journey to Christianity. I have to say this film is well produced. It has two Academy Award winning actors, and I know it'll be a wonderful resource showing you how Christianity can stand to the hardest questions. It'll build your confidence in God's word. Would you call us right now? Would you be as generous as you possibly can? We're listeners supported. We really could use your help in our lowest giving month of the year. And when you do get in touch and make your gift, we'll get you a copy right away of the brand new, just released today DVD, The Case for Christ. And this DVD has bonus features like interviews with Lee and Leslie Strobel and a bonus CD with worship music inspired by the film. So just call right now. It's easy to do. 800-654-2836. That's 800-654-2836. Or go to our website, haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And when you're there, watch the movie trailer and a couple of clips from this inspiring film. And one last thing. Please pray about becoming a Haven Partner. This is a friend of the ministry who agrees to pray regularly and give monthly to keep sharing the great story with others. When you call, can you say, I want to become a Haven partner? We'll make that happen. And we'll give you a choice of two heavy-as-a-brick study Bibles to choose from as our way of saying thanks. 800-654-2836 or learn more at haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me and Lee Strobel again. Would you come back again tomorrow when again we'll be sharing together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. There comes a time in all of our lives that we simply feel exhausted. So often, if you're anything like me, it's because we place so much on our own shoulders that eventually we're close to the breaking point. We're the camel. And that one final task that needs to get done is the straw. And it's not just a physical experience. We do this in a spiritual sense too. Or else we face a serious temptation to do it. Work hard, earn your keep, We imagine Jesus sees us this way. But what does he actually say? Matthew 11, come to me, find your rest. It's less about what we do, and it's more about whose we are. Let that sink in. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.